Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Whilst there might be larger organizations that have got bigger budgets, they're not focusing on the human side, the people side. And, 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 and so, so we're chasing the, the latest shiny, shiny toy, thinking that's going to solve the problems and get all these bots. But in the end, we, we've really got to think about, well, how are we going to communicate to the business? How are we going to sell the value? So are finance leaders guilty of chasing shiny toys and not putting enough focus into the people side of their teams? I mean, it's a really interesting question, and you've just heard Lance Rubin's thoughts on what he thinks. Now, Lance, you might recall from way back when we started the podcast, recorded an episode together, and then we also recorded an episode called Excel is Dead, which ended up becoming the number one post on Google. And as Lance reminded us, if you don't believe us, just type in Excel is Dead and see what happens on Google. And it was great to catch up with Lance again and share our debate with you i mean some of the areas we'll go on to deconstruct is lance's uh, latest sort of concept around the three stack tech stack it's really useful when trying to figure out where to add value within our finance value chain also lance and i debate on who's doing best around the world when it comes to improving our finance value chains particularly in the areas of automation analytics and modeling and why we sometimes get those modeling and analytics areas a bit mixed or modeled up and what really is the difference between them and a really good story we Lance shares on why we still need finance professionals despite the threat of automation, uh, citing a story about something that happened with Elon Musk. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did recording it. I mean, Lance is just an all-around great person. And you know, if you go into the show notes, we highlight for you various ways you can go connect with Lance. And if you did find it useful, remember, please share with your friends and colleagues. We're on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. And really appreciate you investing your time with us today. So without further ado, over to Lance and the show. So Lance, welcome back. Thanks, Andrew. Um, it's, it's a pleasure. It's been quite a while. I think it's just almost 80 months since, uh, since, since the battle I had with Chris that you um, sort of adjudicated on. And, and of course, you know, the first podcast, which was a few, few weeks before that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was, um, that, that was a, f- a fair battle. It was very popular. I think, uh, I think definitely those on YouTube and LinkedIn and uh, really, really responded to it. And it prompted a lot of bait, debate. So I just encourage our audience who haven't come across that one to check it out. It was the XL is dead, but I'm sure a lot has happened since then. So, so what's changed in the meantime? Well, um, I can confirm that Excel is officially not dead. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess you know the more and more people I speak to, I presented at a couple of um, business expos in Australia, the Accounting Business Expo, the Account Tech Live, which is very much more so in the uh, small to medium-sized enterprises. Um, you know, we picked up a, a couple of new technologies and looked at um, sort of um, playing with them, using them. Um, things that just make things easier. And I guess one of the key things that we've realized is whilst financial modeling is really valuable for decision-making, if you don't have the right data and if you don't get the right capacity in the team to build the models um, and make the decisions, then really 
it's not going to go anywhere. So we've actually looked at, because financial modeling is about decision making, right? Forget the word financial modeling. It's about better decision making. And so it's one type of decision making, but you cannot make good decisions on bad data. Um, and so what we've realized is that how do we look at the full value chain of decision making? We started with financial modeling in model citizen, but we've broadened out to automation and analytics. Um, and we're not going to be an analytics house. We're going to work with other people and partner up. And, um, you know, I'm not going to become a Power BI expert, but I absolutely love Power BI, you know, and, and sort of sort of using it and and using other plugins and, and, and other technologies around it. So, yeah, we, we've sort of broadened ourselves, but still focused at our purpose, which is helping finance professionals and business owners make relevant, informed, and purposeful decisions with insight. I mean, that's the key. And if you're doing that, then you're adding value. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're an FP&A person or you're a finance business partner or a CFO or a virtual CFO or a financial mentor or, Whatever it is, if, if you understand the skill of decision making, you know, that's where the value is. Yeah. And I like the way you sort of um, honed in on the value chain of it. Would you mind sort of maybe sort of uh, giving some sort of steps for folks to follow? Because I know a lot of co uh, companies and finance teams have invested in these ERPs and, and goodness knows what bits of technology to try and help make better decision making. But essentially, what, what do you see as the value chain? Well, let, let's, yeah, so, so if you think about the value chain of anything of a product, you know, I think if you look at, you know, um, normal businesses that, that, that sell a particular product, um, now they might get suppliers that, that give them their raw materials and then they sell to a distributor. So um, going up the value chain is not just going downstream, but it's also upstream. So you say, well, actually, I don't want to just have cows and, and sell milk. Uh, and, and, and get my feed. I actually want to farm the feed, have veg, you know, so I'm actually getting feed for the cows through, um, through the grains that I'm planting um, and I'm going to sell my milk online, right? So that's what you talk about building the value chain um, in, in, in any business. When it comes to finance, you know, our value chain is not just about um, really the decision making and the product that we're selling, or which is effectively the dashboard or, 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 the, or the forecast or whatever it is, not just the output, it's the full end to end of, of that process. So at the first part of the process is your transactional record keeping control workflow. And I think that's where ERPs are, um, and other accounting systems, particularly your cloud accounting like Xero and QuickBooks are really, really good. And they've got some fantastic technologies optical character recognition or OCR, where you take photos of stuff and it does the record keeping and matching and um, zero gamified the bank rec, you know, all these sorts of really cool, a lot of there's also AI driven and you know, automation at that, that side, I think is really useful. But where, where I have a bit of an issue with ERP selling the full end to end, um, because the reality is they just never gonna be as good as all the other tools out there, which need to be customized. So. No matter what you look at, it just doesn't fill the full value chain. So the full value chain is you know, your transactional work, your analysis um, and your analytics, which, which is backward looking, but also there's analytics that is forward looking. And then also the financial modeling and strategic planning and forecasting. So, so you know, you've really got the full end-to-end -end spectrum. So we, we've sort of landed on um, this concept of the three-stack tech stack. You need to do whatever you do really quickly, really efficiently um, and accurately. Um, so automation is a key part of 
that technology stack and automation sort of goes through the full value chain, right? It's not just about transaction. You can also automate some of the forecasting. Um, then you have your analytics, um, which is really understanding the data. Um, and there's four types of analytics for those that don't know. There's the uh, descriptive, which describes what happened. There's the diagnostic, which diagnoses what happened. So that's what both of those are backward looking analytics. Then you have your two forward-looking analytics, which is predictive and prescriptive. So predictive is predicting what's going to happen. And prescriptive is going to prescribe you an action given what the prediction says, right? So those, you know, particularly the, the, the predictive and the prescriptive is very AI-driven. Lots of data, so heavy machine, low human intervention, right? So it's more around the human looking and understanding that and seeing if there's anomalies. And maybe even trying to work out what the black box is doing, right? Because in most cases, you know, it's lots of data in. There's algorithms and, and, and Python coding and a whole range of things that spit out some numbers that us humans are trying to work out. Hang on, how did it get to that answer? And we don't. The, the answer is we don't know. There's so much triangulation and data points we often don't know. This is a bit of a black box. So that's a concern, right? So we're going to make a decision on a black box. So we need to get a better handle on that. Um, and then the last part of that three three stack is the financial modeling aspects, which is, um, I guess, uh, less data, so less machine, more human. Um, and it's a lot broader. So so the, the, there's not as much data because you probably model to try to be, you're not modeling a transaction level. No one builds a model based on transaction level. That's what you would do a predictive model on transaction level. But uh, as a financial um, model, you'd probably do it more of at the chart of account level, but you, then you'd go back to drivers. So it's a driver-based, it's three-way, which is your income statement, your balance sheet, and your cash flow. So it's much wider. But in the end, there's a lot of interaction. There's a lot of collaboration. You've got to talk to the business. You've got to understand how they make money. You can understand why, why did our forecast not meet? Why did our actuals not meet the forecast? Why are we behind budget? How, what levers can we play? And this is where, you know, modeling, and particularly financial modeling, comes, comes you know, very powerful. So... That's the full value chain, uh, Andrew. Sorry, it's a bit of a ramble, but it's uh, your automation backend, you're getting your house clean, getting the data right, analytics to understand back and forward, and then modeling to see what's going ahead. And then, you know, influencing, right? So I think that's that's the technology stuff, right? But you know, a lot of this is also about humans, right? And the fascinating thing for me is technology is forcing us to be more human, right? We are forced to become more human as a result of oh, the technology because we're agree. not stuck behind our spreadsheets and paper because a lot of it's going to be done. Yeah, it's it's a I, I suppose um, just just in there how you describe that stack, Lance. There's there's for those maybe frightened of uh, of technology or robotic or coming into finance, there's still a lot of opportunities for finance people to apply their technical skills if we maybe look less as finance but more informational type professionals you know and it's still fundamentally about helping the organization make better decisions that's why accounting was set up in the first place to track things <laughs> you know well i mean spot on spot on i mean i mean we still need finance professionals to understand the data yeah. to actually you know in a, you know we have revenue recognition and the leasing standards i can't remember the i can't quote the actual standard <laughs> name but 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 they've changed right so so we now have to change the way that, so I know that there was an organization that had a predictive revenue model and they had to shelve it and start again because of the revenue recognition yes. standard came in and then they had to change the way that it calculated um, or predicted um, revenue. So 
things are going to change and that's where humans have to be involved and understanding changes in business conditions, right? Business is changing far quicker than it ever was. So you can't just sort of set it off and let it go. Humans are still have to be involved. In fact, um, someone said to me, in, I can't know if, if I read it somewhere, but Elon Musk built an entire AI-driven manufacturing plant and actually unwound some of it because what he found was that it, you know, there, there were problems. So you needed to interject a human and AI, a human and a robot, not just the robot, because you know together they're actually going to be better than them individually. Yes, hu humans make mistakes, we also understand human behavior and we can communicate and you know a lot of business is about communication and understanding yeah I, actually i like um i like the way you put that there there uh, lance because um i there's I, I remember i went on a, a factory visit i i do um i like walking around when i go and, and work with some clients and uh, i went to their floor and they had the they used to make houses out of timber and what it was was um on one part they had the machine doing all the standard estate type houses, all the common sort of bills, computer, computer program, just fired the nails in around the wood, pulled it together. Then you had another line, which was full of a lot more human beings than robots um, doing the bespoke houses. And I've got a sense in terms of the stack you're sort of um, describing, the automation does all the basic bits, the building blocks, so to say, the common parts. And then based on those common parts, you then might uh, tweak it to make something very unique or useful out of it. And if you think about it, the, the way to get an edge in business nowadays is to develop those competitive advantages, those unique selling points or slight bits of difference. And I think that's where I like what you've done with your stack is you've got to do the bits beforehand, get everything lined up, the automation, then the analytics, then the modeling. You know what's interesting, though, is I think a lot of people are getting these analytics and modeling phases a bit muddled up. I mean, what, what's your sense there? Do you think people are a bit confused or, or maybe even what, you know, how would you describe to someone the difference? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. And, and, and yes, absolutely. They are, they are um, confused. And, and I often ask people, what, what is the difference? And, um, you know, the first thing I um, often people say is analytics is, is backward looking. Well, firstly, that's not correct, right? Because we've just described predictive analytics and prescriptive analytics, which is forward looking. Um, so, so, you know, analytics is about lots of data, right? That, that's what analytics is, right? You know, yeah, analysis is all about the data. So, so generally what you have in the analytics space is a huge amount of data, but it needs to be clean data. It needs to be good data um, because otherwise it's going to be useless. Garbage in, garbage out as, as the common phrase goes. So analytics is lots of data and therefore lots of processing power and a lot more maths. So I guess it's more mathematical, more statistical, more quant, and, and, and therefore more coding. So it's more algorithmic-based, um, statistical, and trend. Uh, and, and therefore, you know, machines will understand the patterns and then predict on that basis. So, so analytics is very much about lots of data um, and machine-driven to, to, to a large degree. Machines doing the heavy lifting. Whereas uh, financial modeling, and doesn't necessarily have to have a lot of data. Um, you know, it, typically I call financial modeling a three-way financial modeling, which is your income segment balance sheet and your cash flow. So there, there's actually not a huge amount of data. Most of it is in Excel. Um, in fact, pretty much 99.9% .9 of all models are Excel, the occasional Google Sheet here and there. But if you're in an investment bank and you speak to an investment banker um, or a private equity person like you were, 
um, you know, they're, they're building these financial models on Excel. And so, you know, they don't have lots of data because there's a new business or they're merging two companies or they, it's an IPO. Um, and so they might have a little bit of historical data, but again, it's not a lot because it'd probably be the historical PL and balance sheet and maybe a bit of the historical cash flow, but, but it's not at the transactional level. So the way I say financial modeling is, is um, more human, less machine, and, and, and not as much data. Whereas analytics is more machine, less human, but lots of data. So that's really the, the two distinctions. Um, there's no predictive three-way model driven by AI. And I don't think we're going to get there for a long time because financial modeling requires you to understand the drivers. Now, yes, there is AI that can define some drivers for you, but ultimately you've got to model that in terms of how it impacts the cash flow, the balance sheet, and the profit and loss. And that's just a lot more data that we're probably not even collecting, like buyer behavior and um, you know, creditor payment behavior, right? We, you know, what's the organization's tendency to push creditors out further? Well, there's a bias there already, right? There's data in that, but no one's collecting that data. And so therefore no one's doing a predictive model on debtors and creditors and stock and stock obsolescence. And um, you know, there's a lot, a lot more in the predictive space that needs a lot more data to be as efficient as a financial model, which is, I guess, broader. And um, Lance, like, look, you've got a fairly great global perspective. Are there certain parts of the world that are, are moving ahead on this area or or even some sort of areas within finance that are pushing the agenda? I mean, what are your thoughts in terms of how the future is looking for us? Well, I think it's, it, it does vary quite a lot. I mean, um, I think you'll typically find that, that banks and larger corporates have got bigger budgets, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually making better progress, <laughs> right? Because uh, I, think, I think a lot of the conversations that we've had with larger organizations around this is, is oh, we just needed to implement this ERP, then, then, then we'll come back to you to understand how you can add value. Because um, you know, I do a lot of work with with Brad and the and the outperformer at the at the larger end of town, and you know, we say, look, in the end, technology is just a tool. You know, there's other skills we've got to learn to implement that. So whilst there might be larger organisations that've got bigger budgets, they're not focusing on the human side, the people side, and 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 so that so we're chasing the the latest shiny shiny toy, thinking that's going to solve the problems and get all these bots. But in the end, we've really got to think about, well, how are we going to communicate to the business? Yes. How are we going to sell the value? How are we going to... So, so I find that generally across the world, we're not putting enough focus on the softer skills. So I don't think that... I can't think of... Um, Australia included. I, I just don't think that we that we focused enough on the soft side. We always have budget constraints. You know, I have many conversations with people saying, oh, no, you, you've, got, you've got a budget for a... In a twenty million dollar ERP implementation, but we don't have budget for you know a fifty, a hundred thousand dollar, you know, um, soft skill course, right? Because that people think, oh, well, we'll just learn it. Oh, yeah. um, we'll just learn it on the fly, right? Um, it's uh, you know, it's just it's just crazy. So I think um, whilst I see a lot of progress, um, you know, globally, I think Australia is probably one of the leaders uh, when it comes to cloud accounting, um, and and to, to some degree. Um, you know, zero and um, maybe not so much QuickBooks because QuickBooks is a lot more in, in the US, but but certainly, um, you know, we've had digital tax submission for, you know, the UK is only now going to uh, digital tax submissions 
um, but they're making it compulsory as opposed to Australia, which is not compulsory. But but we've had digital submission of tax, you know, for um, for almost a decade, I think. So so you know, I think Australia is very much ahead in the in the space of um, uh, cloud accounting to to a large degree, um, and uh, I hate to say it, financial modelling as well, because you know a lot of the stuff that 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 we've done model off which is the world financial modeling championships was developed in australia there's some cutting edge technologies um for, for financial modeling and predictive um and, and analysis and analytics that are developed in, in in companies in australia um so i think uh to some degree australia is a little bit ahead um but you know culturally we we we, we have a few challenges as well so which i don't think is is you know that different to anywhere else in the world where, you know, the role of the CFO and, and um, you know, um, it's just, uh, you know, Andy Burroughs had a great mm. post the other day around, you know, CFO stop business partnering. Yes, agree. Right? I actually thought that was a phenomenal post because it's so important that we need to work on our teams. We need to help, we need to inspire, we need to train um, and we need to guide them, not, look after our key stakeholder get our teams to do that for us yes. you know if they're doing it for us then 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 we don't need to do any of that and so i think i think we're, we're stuck right you know cfos have been talking about oh you must all partner this is how you do it and they've been doing it but the reality is you know the teams don't know how to do it mm -hmm. and the teams i mean you know they're still when you saw i can't remember the gentleman's name was um on linkedin is so you know i'm sorry i'm confused what is this yes. business partnering concept Right, so there's still people out there which you you know, and it's been around as you said, what 1963, yeah, yeah. Uh, or something around there. So so it's it's been around for a long time, and still, um, you know, and then I have I have quite robust um, debates with my good professor Paul Thumbar around um, the finance business partnering, and 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 he makes a very good point, and 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 he's spot on around you know if we're not getting our controllership right then forget the value, right? And he's, and he's spot on. So I think, again, it's about chasing the, the, the shiny title, not the shiny toy. Um, we've got to get the basics right. Otherwise, you know, we're just not going to get it. And I think globally, we're not getting the basics right. So I just don't see it moving as fast as, I guess, what people might talk about. Firstly, on the predictive stuff, less than 1% of companies in the world are using it. Microsoft, well done, Microsoft. You're brilliant. Um, they are. I mean, but they've got they, they've got the technology, right? They invented a lot of the technology themselves. So you'd expect Microsoft to be doing it. But I don't, I don't think that there's other companies out there that, that can do it, right? Because they just don't have the technology. They maybe they don't have the culture. I think probably more so the fact. And they don't have the sponsorship from the CFO, um, which I think is the biggest challenge. I think I think you touched on some of them there. And I like the way you described it. I, you know, I we could probably spend a whole nother conversation talking about this. But I think the key point here is we're, we've been around like finance professionals have been around many thousands of years, all the way back to Babylonian times. And I think with the new technologies now, we need to really look at getting the basics right. And um, and like, look, uh, We've, we've got no excuses anymore. No. We, you know, literally, we can't we can't say, oh, it's the system or this. We've literally got no excuse. I mean, you, you know, Excel can do wonderful things. And Power BI is free with Excel. So stop complaining and get on with it. Yeah, it's not that sort of hammer and nail. It's like we have these tools that are, have been engineered for us to get this value out of them 
it's about getting the basics right to, to go do it. It's like we, we figured out how to use a hammer, okay, and hammer and nail it. Now we just need to figure out how to use these tools for the best effect. You know, they've been engineered for us. Let's go, let's go use them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, the amount of people that I speak to that haven't even heard of Power BI or what, what is it? I mean, they, you know, I'm like, what do you mean you don't know what Power BI is? And they said, oh, you know, I've never heard of it. I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, let alone Power Query and Power Pivot, right? Which is sort of crazy embedded stuff. within, you know, the Power BI, which is actually in Excel. And in fact, in Excel has the Power BI add-in as well. So, you know, it's just, we're not, we're not learning. We're not, we're not being curious. I think that's the It's challenge. weird, isn't it? And, you know, to... Yeah. Yeah. Are we, are we really being curious? You know, the interesting one here, right, is are we really being curious? You know, people sort of point to finance professionals and accountants as being very curious folks. It's like embedded as one of our sort of key mindsets. But when you just play that back, lads, are we really being curious? I mean, if we look at our weeks, how much time are we spending on independent thought and investigation, trying out new tools, playing with new technologies? And spread that across the profession. I, I'd like to, I'd I'd put my money on this. Like not even pe- people aren't spending even one day a week just trying out new things. You know, bringing in new thoughts, investing in themselves, investing in their career, even on the soft skills. Put the technology to one side. I I I, yeah, I put my I bottom do. dollar on it. They're not even putting a day a week in. So how are we going to thrive as a profession if we're not even doing the basics right, and investing for the future? Spot on. So, um, hey, hey, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm the one interviewing here now, Lance. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm getting your thoughts. I, you know, I'm on a ramp. I know, yeah, reverse, yeah. So, come, come, I know. Um, so, I suppose, look, um, you know, in terms of books, I know you've been reading a few, and you mentioned some good ones to me over the last uh, number of months. But, um, is there any sort of books you you've been reading lately that you recommend our audience go check out? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, the subtle art of not giving an F um, it, it w- 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 was a good one. I'm not sure if this podcast is, is R-rated or not, so I'll try to keep it clean. But um, I mean, and, and my wife's a, 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 a social worker. She's got a master's in social work, and she she sort of didn't enjoy it. She said, oh, it's just another self-help book and all the rest. But I found it quite refreshing. I found it, you know, she said, oh, it was very badly written. Yes, it's, it's not professionally written, but it's sort of written – in really in your face layman terms that's inspiring and and actually off the back of that book off the back of reading that it made me think about what value am i going to leave you know and it's not it's not about saying you don't care right the subtle art is not just saying about what it's but it's about you choose what you care about and what you don't care about and stop blaming other people for the fact that you're unhappy right and and um, try and do something that's actually going to leave an imprint on the world not just um, you know talking about you. So a lot of the stuff that I read, um, you know, really hit hit home quite hard, and um, you know, so so inspired me to potentially go on a journey and write a book. I know you've written a book, so I'm going to sort of start that process. Um, and, and but in the end, I think the key thing is, you know, I'm I have the luxury um, of being able to research all these tools, play with new tech. Um, because that's my job. Um, you know, my team are now set up. They they they're dealing with a lot of the stuff as well with their clients, with with, with our clients. Um, but but fundamentally, you know, I I have the ability to sit and explore stuff, and so therefore I can impart a lot of that that knowledge and experience to others. And I think that's, you know, sharing is caring. But but fundamentally, you know, you've really got to think about what you do and care about and what you don't. And I think that's the the key thing that the book. Um, you know, threw on me was like, you know, um, it's not that we're not human, that we shouldn't care. We actually do care. We just choose what 
how that affects us. And I think that's that's the important thing. So, you know, we're, we're finance people. We, we, we probably stereotypical don't have a heart and, you know, black and white, right? And so even there, it's sort of, you know, we, we don't sort of open up that other part of us, which I think is there. We just got to sort of make ourselves vulnerable and, and explore it and care a little bit more. Um, because, you know, if you don't care, you're sort of shutting yourself out and you think, well, if I don't care, it's not going to affect me. But the reality is it does. You can't, you, you've got to really work out what you do care about and what you don't and just sort of brush it off and move on. Yeah, that's a great summary, Lance. That's it. It's figuring out what we care about and then just doing our best with with that, like, you know. Um, and um, I suppose if, if some of our audience wish to continue the conversation, how is best to connect with you at? Um, LinkedIn, uh, uh, as always, um, I've, um, I've had my waves of, um, you know, in and out, I was away and I was, I'm determined to switch off LinkedIn. I actually uninstalled it off my phone because I knew I, I, I wasn't going to cope otherwise, um, looking at it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so LinkedIn, I'm, I'm on, you know, multiple times a day, um, either directly or, um. Uh, you know, also our website, Model Citizen, M-O-D-E-L-C-I-T-I-Z-N.com. Um, but if you Google and, and post your podcast um, that I did with, um, with Chris Argent, if you Google Excel is dead, um, my medium post on the debate that we had comes up number one on Google yeah, that's awesome, um, isn't it? globally. That's so awesome. um, if you're not quite sure where to find me, just Google yeah. Excel is dead and you'll find me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And you're, we obviously know where you stand on that one, Lance. So <laughs> yeah, not for a long time. <laughs> so uh, no, not by a long time. In fact, in fact, uh, I had, you know, I had dinner with Oz de Salil, who's an incredible MVP. Um, He's got a YouTube channel, um, Excel on Fire. He has 13,000 followers. I have 256 or something like that. But anyway, you know, YouTube is just, you know, full of so much information. And he's, uh, he, he, he was the co-host of Excel TV um, and he co-wrote a book with Bill Jelen, who's Mr. Excel, right? So this guy's a true rock star, but he's, when you, when you see him on the YouTube channel, um, you know, he's passionate, he's energetic. Um, and I was hanging out with him and it's just, it's just incredible, you know, being with um, these sorts of people that are, that are experts in, in, in their field and you can learn so much from them. Yeah, I can, I completely agree. And I think that's, that's like with our audience, it's just connecting, reaching out to folks like yourself, Lance, uh, Mr. XL as well. And I know these other experts out there. It's amazing what you can find on, on the internet, YouTube. Oh, there, there's, there's so much on, on just, just Google it. Yeah. Just, just again, go back to be curious, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, I still exactly. find, you know, I, you know it, yes, it took me 18 months to get my head around Power BI um, because I was trying to build a three-way model connected to Power BI. So for those that don't know, financial modeling works horizontally, data works vertically. So when you want to put a three-way model, which is horizontally in terms of time series into a data model, which is vertical, it's not so straightforward. So, um, but I was determined to do it and, and you know, I used YouTube, uh, you know, Google, um, and, and of course, you know, um, you know, I often refer back to Oz or, or um, and uh, Chandu as well. And, and there's, a, there's, there's so many resources online that, you know, there is no excuse. Um, you know, VLOOKUP and Index Match was a classic uh, one that if, if, if you want to go watch and have a, have a laugh, 
definitely go listen to Oz Dusalil's um, YouTube clip on VLOOKUP versus INDEX MATCH. And, and, and I'll just quote a little bit of it. He's saying, listen, everyone, this is just a tool. It's just a formula. It's not a religion, you know, because you had all the VLOOKUP people saying the INDEX MATCH people and it's just like in coming down from the hills with their manifesto. And I mean, this guy is hilarious. He's, 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 he's a true genius when it comes to um, entertaining something as technical as Excel. So definitely look out for him. And uh, Lance, look, um, really appreciate everything and sharing your thoughts or whatever. Uh, you know, would you have any maybe parting thoughts for our audience before we wrap up? Yeah, uh, Andrew, I think, um, look, it's great to get involved and, and connect with people, but I find that um, it's so easy to slip back into old habits. Um, so if there's one thing that I want people to take away from, from this discussion is um, you're, the, you're the one who can control your own destiny. I controlled my own by leaving corporate world and setting up my own firm. And now I'm traveling to Sri Lanka and potentially India um, to talk about the transformative CFO. So there's stuff that we can do that if we just open our minds and we dream a little bit, but we, we just sort of look at the opportunities and they're vast. Um, I still think finance is sitting on a gold mine of opportunity because we've got these really cool, powerful tools that, that can make our lives happier. Not, not, you know, why would you want to copy and paste spreadsheets? It's just crazy. You know, there's stuff there that we can learn and, and, and sort of have more time for ourselves and our communities and, and do better things and, and spend more time learning. Um, if we don't learn, you know, you stop learning when you die. Are we dying early? Is that what we want to do? I don't think so. I mean, so, you know, I just think that people should, you know, your podcast is, for, is, is, is great. You've got some excellent speakers and occasionally I, I jump in and out of it and I find some gems and I post it on them as well. And, um, you know, people must listen to your podcast. People must listen to other podcasts and, um, you know, on the train or, or, or just, just research and be curious because the, the information's there. The information is there for the taking, but then what you do with it is also important. So I think, you know, listen, research, and and just try. You know, no one's perfect. I, I like I said, it took me eighteen months to get my head around Power BI, um, and I didn't want to give up. Right, um, I was determined to sort of get my head around it, and now I think it's a great tool for dashboarding and reporting. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great way to end. Actually, I think we need to to, to question our habits where we. I suppose even back down to what we really care about as well. To your previous point, Lance. And, you know, anything worthwhile isn't always going to be easy. So, you know, um, she's nah. what, what a great way to end the show. So, Lance, thank you so much for investing your time with us today and coming on the show. Pleasure, Andrew. And uh, thanks for having me back. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me 
I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.